Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Some alien life force has sent real life video games to attack us. a bad guy? Incoming! Donkey Kong. It's just a barrel! How bad can it hurt? The only way to take down Pac-Man is with ghosts. You want ghosts? These are your ghosts. Oh, yeah! I'm kidding. We are all gonna die. I'm just sorry. May I introduce to you Professor Iwatani, the creator of Pac-Man. Pac-Man is not bad. You will see. Professor Iwatani, what are you doing? I will talk to him. He's my son. Hello, my sweet little boy. Look how big you've grown. It's so sweet. He's so sweet. I know. You're a good boy. <laughs> Somebody annihilate this stupid thing! Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Pixels from 2015. The studio was Sony Pictures. The release date was July 24, 2015. The running time, 106 minutes, and it was rated PG-13. The budget was $110 million, and the box office took in $79 million that was domestic gross, making it the 39th ranked movie of 2015. It also made an extra $166 million internationally. Rotten Tomatoes, no surprise, gives it 18% rotten from 207 reviews. Their consensus is, much like the worst arcade games from that era that inspired it, Pixels has little replay value and is hardly worth a quarter. Now, Pixels is the type of movie where I couldn't give a shit what the critics say. I'm all about being entertained when it comes to movies, and since I love the 80s and old video games, and of course Adam Sandler, well, I enjoyed Pixels. Look, if you want to be depressed and you want to watch an Oscar-nominated film and be snobbish about it, be my guest. I'm more than happy to watch movies like this, that are still made for the rest of us. Okay, let's get into the main cast. We, of course, have Adam Sandler, who plays Sam. Now, I've already covered Sandler's career in the Airheads, 51st Dates, and That's My Boy episodes, and there's plenty more coming. Since I've covered the various points in Sandler's career in those episodes, I will just mention the best-known films between That's My Boy in 2012 up until 2015, and they were Hotel Transylvania, Grown Ups 2, and Blended with Drew Barrymore. Kevin James plays Will, and I think this may be the first movie I've covered with Kevin James in it. He began as a stand-up comedian before getting into acting on television and movies. Now, his break in television, that is, was appearing on a few episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond, which led to him getting 
his own sitcom with Leah Remini, The King of Queens, which lasted nine seasons and was very popular. Film-wise, his best-known films were I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry with Adam Sandler, Paul Blart, Mall Cop 1 and 2, Grown Ups 1 and 2, The Dilemma with Vince Vaughn, The Zookeeper, and Here Comes the Boom. Michelle Monaghan plays Violet. Monaghan's career began in the early 2000s with her break coming on the TV show Boston Public. Film-wise, it was the dark comedy Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer that helped her get bigger roles. Other notable roles up until Pixels included Mission Impossible 3, The Heartbreak Kid with Ben Stiller, Maid of Honor with Patrick Dempsey, Trucker, Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf, Due Date again with Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis, Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal, Machine Gun Preacher with Gerard Butler, and The Best of Me with James Marsden. Peter Dinklage plays Eddie. Now in Pixels, he absolutely steals the show. So even if you hate this film, you should enjoy his performance at the very least. Dinklage is now best known for his role as Tyrion Lannister in the Game of Thrones TV show. My introduction to Dinklage was his memorable performance as Will Ferrell's boss and elf, and he again was hilarious in the original British version, which is far superior, of Death at a Funeral from 2007. He also appeared in the U.S. remake... The director, Chris Columbus, now it covered Columbus's early career on the Home Alone episode. His first film was one of my favorites growing up, which was 1987's Adventures in Babysitting. Between Home Alone and Pixels, his notable films included Home Alone 2, Mrs. Doubtfire, Stepmom, the first two Harry Potter movies, and Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief. And if you didn't know, he also wrote the screenplays for Gremlins and The Goonies. Okay, let's quickly get into the making of the film. So it's actually based on a French short film from 2010 about how New York is attacked by a group of classic arcade games from the 1980s. Initially, Chris Columbus met with Adam Sandler about a potential remake of a South Korean film called Hello, Ghost. But after the meeting, he received the script for Pixels and loved the callback to the 80s because that's where his film career began. All right, let's get into the film. So as with many Adam Sandler films, Pixels begins with a flashback of the main characters when they were kids. This means a nod to the late 70s or 80s, and always music from that era. In this case, it's Cheap Trick and their song, Surrender. For Pixels, it's the summer of 1982. Two friends, Sam and Will, are video game junkies and race on their bikes to the new arcade that just opened in town. Sam is a natural whiz of video games. He loves games like Pac-Man, Centipede, Defender, Qbert, and Donkey Kong. It's later explained that Sam's brain could figure out the game patterns naturally, which allowed him to see things faster than other gamers. This made him one of the elite players. Sam decides to participate in the Video Game Arcade Championship Tournament for that year. It's there Sam and Will meet the Wonder Kid named Ludlow, who will eventually be played by Josh Gad when he becomes an adult. They also meet the incredibly noxious Eddie, who is nicknamed the Fire Blaster. He would eventually be played by Peter Dinklage. And the tournament is hosted by none other than Dan Aykroyd. The competition will start in 15 minutes. You too? That's so funny. Really? I think you're pretty darn foxy yourself. Baby Lisa, I'll love you to the end of time. Who are you talking to? Nobody! We'll talk later. You're Ludlow Lemonsoft, the Wonder Kid, right? Who told you that? The government? 
Because I'm this close to figuring out the secret of the Bermuda Triangle. Well, you don't have any friends, do you? Just my grandma. You. Well, Wonder Kid, you can hang out with us. Really? What's up, geeks and goobers? They call me the Fire Blaster. Cause my hands are blazing fast. And also I will blast and burn all my competitors' weak ass moves. You must be the local talent. If this was a fugly contest, I'd be in trouble. At least we didn't make up our own nicknames, Fire Blaster. Who cares who came up with it? It's totally tubular. Welcome, gamers, to the first annual Worldwide Video Arcade Championships! Tonight, we have representatives here from the Guinness Book of World Records, as well as NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, who will be videotaping tonight's competition to be included in a compilation of 1982's news events and popular culture. That videotape will be placed in a space probe which will be launched by NASA into our solar system with the hope of connecting to and perhaps providing a message for extraterrestrial life, should it exist. Oh, it exists. Ladies and gentlemen, start your gaming! All right, ladies and gentlemen, what an we have had here six new U.S. records set, three new world records set, and as the smoke clears, right now we have a tie. 259 points for your new Pac-Man World Champion, the Fire Blaster, Eddie Plant. And 259 points for your new Galaga Centipede World Champion Rookie Sensation, Sam Brenner. Well, gentlemen, how about we break this tie? Let's play Donkey Kong! Good luck, man. Thanks. You have the patterns down pretty good with these games. You're gonna be tough to beat. The thing about Donkey Kong is, at the higher levels, the barrels become more random. Possessed, almost. And playing by the patterns doesn't do the trick anymore, does it, Brenner? Congratulations. I'm coming in second! <laughs> Fire Blaster is the world champ! The local Yoko looks destiny in the eye and blinks. 
He's a loser. And he will always be a loser. Sam. Sam, Sam, wait. Sam, listen. You're still gonna go to MIT and invent something that makes you a millionaire. And maybe even marry Olivia Newton-John. I was actually thinking Samantha Fox. Nice, but she's no Shane Easton. Well, there's always Madonna. We then cut to modern day and Sam and Will are debating about which woman is hotter, but more updated with Scarlett Johansson, Halle Berry, and Katy Perry. Will is now the president of the United States, while the video game WizKid grew up to be the installer of home entertainment systems. Sam goes to install a new TV at the home of a soon-to-be-divorced mom named Violet. That's Michelle Monaghan. Violet is a lieutenant colonel and a military weapons developer. Her son, Maddie, played by Matt Lentz, likes Sam, but Violet can't be bothered as Sam acts like a bumbling idiot since he's attracted to her. You can imagine how he is if you've ever seen any sort of Adam Sandler film. While Sam installs the TV and tries to console the now-weeping Violet who received a phone call from her soon-to-be ex-husband, a military base in Guam is attacked by unidentified pixelated objects. They destroy much of the base and disintegrate many of the soldiers. Sam gets a call from Will to meet him at the White House. Violet also happens to be going to the same place, much to each other's surprise. Hey, Steve-O. Yeah, this is a crazy woman. Follow me. I guarantee she's here to shoot the president. And if I were you, I'd break out the billy club and go full throttle on her. Seriously. Go right on through, Lieutenant Colonel. Why are you following me? Oh, Dad. I told them. Okay. I can't believe they even let you in here. Right. Colonel Van Patten, you can go right into the situation room. Yeah, see, they need me in the situation room. So have fun doing whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mr. Brenner, the president is waiting for you in the Oval Office. Somebody's more important. Freddie. Can you keep the riffraff out of here? Yo, what's up? Oh, come on, you couldn't have at least changed? You told me to rush right over. What's going on, man? Why, why is it so crazy out there? Our Air Force base in Guam was attacked. By who? I'm not sure, that's what I wanted to ask you. Come here, check this out. Me? Yeah, it's you, come here. Listen to this. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, where do I know that from? Can you freeze it? Yeah, hold on. Go in tighter. That can't be real. Okay, so you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. What kind of mushrooms did that guy put on our burger? They're ready for you, Mr. President. Great. I gotta explain this to the National Security Council. Listen, do me a favor, Sam. Watch that again, okay? And just see if there's anything you can find to help us out. Yeah. Can I sit in your chair? No, you can't, and everything's recorded. Okay, I won't, I won't, I won't. I'm sitting in the chair, give me a break. Mr. President, we told the press that it was an advanced weapons test that misfired, so there's no mass panic yet. Well, good. 
and let's solve this thing before there is. Mr. President, someone's made a major breakthrough in drone technology, and it wasn't us. This has got Moscow's fingerprints Nonsense! It's an Iranian black ops sideshow, I guarantee it. I have a theory. I, I think based on analysis of the footage that preliminary indications are that we were attacked by... Gallagher. By who, sir? Gallagher. Sons of bitches. Then let's blow Gallagher to hell! Who's Gallagher? It's an old-timey video game, 80s kind of folks like my dad used to play. Mr. President, there is no nation on Earth that has the military technology to simply pixelate entire buildings. Except Iran. Forget Iran. I'm thinking there's a cutting-edge multinational enterprise, an NGO, a think tank, maybe even a corporation. We're thinking Iran when we should be thinking Google. So, let's blow up Google! Can somebody take Grandpa's keys away before he uh, drives us into a ditch? Who is this person? The sandwich guy? This here is uh, my old uh, arcade game uh, technical advisor uh, person. He, uh, Sam Brenner, he works in the tech sector. So Caltech, MIT? MIT, yes. Mississippi Institute of Technology, though not the one you were thinking of. Anyway, more to the current point, uh, Mr. Brenner here was the world Gallagher champion. He knows everything there is to know about this game. So what is it you and your orange shorts barged in here to say? Oh, just the uh, Galaga that attacked us? They, that doesn't exist anymore. Hello, you can download Galaga on your phone for $1.99. Yeah, not this version, though, uh, Blue Lagoon. The Galaga that exists now came out in 1986, but this is the 1982 arcade version. And all those machines, they recall them, they reprogrammed them because there were glitches in the original code. You can see from the giant space bugs the way they come swooping in. Kind of ziggy-zaggy. Ziggy-zaggy, is that the snobby term? So someone designed these space bugs after an old out-of-print version of a video game from 30 years ago that nobody would know today? Does she really get to talk twice? She's not even at the grown-ups table. I'm sorry, is this a National Security Council meeting or a dorm room drug party? Our nation has just been attacked by an unknown military force. If this gets out to the press that we're pinning the blame on some old computer game, then not only mock you in the news, Mr. President, they'd impeach you. So I suggest the man in the orange shorts leave the room immediately. And those of us with long pants and government positions can discuss our options. All right, Brenner, do me a favor, take off, all right? I appreciate the help. Sorry, everybody. I, uh, Mr. President, uh, generals and admirals, guys in suits, uh, Zac Efron, Gandalf and Harry Potter in the same room. Imagine that. Grandpa, we'll see you around the, uh, the nursing home. Oh, uh, the sandwich guy is here. Fooled you. So that was the great Brian Cox as Admiral Porter. As Sam leaves the White House, Ludlow decides to hide out in Sam's van, even though they haven't seen each other in years. Ludlow is a conspiracy theorist and wanted to show Sam a video he discovered, which was the same Gallagher video that Sam saw at the White House. Ludlow's theory is that the videotape sent to space of the 1982 video game championship that they participated in was discovered by aliens, and they sent destructive versions of those arcade games to Earth to destroy the planet. That's basically your entire plot in a nutshell. In the middle of the UHF broadcast, 
Something peculiar interrupted Sophia Bush's sexy shenanigans. Inhabitants of Earth, we are a race from the planet Valula. We came to you in these familiar Earth forms to tell you we received your vessel and in it your hostile challenge. We accept your offer to compete in winner-take-all battles. Gather your bravest warriors to face our bravest warriors. The winner takes the loser's planet. You have already lost the first battle. And for our victory, we have taken a trophy. I'm okay, Mama. I love you. That's not the real Madonna! You will get three lives. You have two lives left. Losing both will lead to the total destruction of your planet. The next battle is in 15 hours, in coordinates 27, Okay, I got lost about halfway through. Why does Madonna want to take over our planet? These moron aliens think that the footage NASA sent up to space of us playing video games in 1982 was a declaration of war. Intergalactic war, Mr. President. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that unpredictable? Blood, listen, you, you help unscramble my Cinemax when we were kids. I think you can call me Chewy. What do they mean by three lives? What is that? Aha, if I may. See, that's just it. It's like the video games of old, Chewy, Mr. President. One quarter, three lives. This is clearly not a quarter. This is far more valuable. May I keep this? Put it back on the desk. Fair enough. Like an arcade game, the player has three lives. Earth has already lost one life. If after the next battles they lose twice more, it will be the total destruction of Earth. Will, who is not a popular president and labeled a buffoon, which I guess is par for the course for the job, has the intel that the Taj Mahal in India is the next target. He decides against warning the people because it sounds like a crazy theory. But as expected, the aliens destroy the Taj Mahal. A less than enthused Violet agrees to Will's order to let Sam and Ludwell help the defense team figure out a strategy against the alien attacks. We have begun instructing the Navy SEAL task force on the use of the prototype weapons. What do we train for? Why do we fight? When do we quit? What do we train for? Why do we fight? Perhaps our new expert advisors would like to say a few words to the SEALs. Oh boy. Men, you have served this nation with distinction in combat zones and every nook and cranny of this godforsaken world, defeating every enemy they've thrown at you. And now you're going to face Pardon? aliens. I couldn't get a babysitter. The president has brought in these two civilian arcaders who we are required to listen to for 120 seconds starting i can't do this you can do this i know now i can't do this you can't. i'm gonna throw up we know how to do this they don't just act the part hey guys how are you hey thank you general zod for that beautiful intro hey uh fellas good to, good to see you um let me introduce myself my name is sam brenner and this is the Wonder Kid, also known as... Your Worst Nightmare! Looks to me, Brenner, like someone forgot to send us the best of the best, oops, and instead dropped off a bunch of incontinent, adult diaper-wearing candy ass, cries himself to sleep, women, baby, man, people! 
What am I looking at right now? Are you guys soldiers or the cast of Magic Mike? You gonna fight or dance naked? From now on, you maggots, you little girl maggots, whatever the hell the female form of maggot is. Magina? You Magina. When you Magina poop your pants, you're gonna be thinking of me in your pants. You know what I mean. Do you feel me? Do you feel me, sailor? You beautiful Nubian man! You gorgeous specimen of what God can make! Do you feel me? I think you're about to feel him, Lud. I can't move. Let me help you. Hey, come here. Sorry, don't touch the guy. Just sit down. Did I do good? You did awful. Sit down. Sorry about that, everybody. I know it's weird. Two buffoons like me and this guy giving advice to you badasses. But the truth is, we've been training since childhood. We've been training our prefrontal cortex to perform extremely complex motor feats with hand-eye coordination unique to a very specific cognitive acuity. I learned a lot of big words at the dorm room drug parties. All of it's been meaningless in all areas of our life. But suddenly, it might be coming in handy to saving our planet. So we're hoping you guys can forget about us being civilian morons and let us teach you a few things in the little time we have. I think we might help you win this thing. There is only one objective in asteroids. That is to destroy every rock and every saucer. You don't want to get hit by any of these boulders. That's why I recommend staying in the middle. Just because you see a hammer doesn't mean grab it. You're not going to climb a ladder with a hammer in your hand. Good pilot and mapper. Don't lock into the radar. Okay, it's fine, son. It's fine. You just blew up our entire planet. Ain't no way Inky's catching up to you. I want you to focus mostly on the ships. Every 10,000 points, you get another triangle ship. That's a good thing. So the military training involves playing old school arcade video games to figure out the patterns that Sam was so good at as a kid. We quickly meet the president's wife Jane, played by Jane Krakowski, and Sean Bean, who plays a British military corporal as the next target is in the UK. The attack in the UK will be a centipede, and because Sam is a master at seeing the patterns, he will eventually take command. In case it's space invaders, I just thought of something I should Please tell Please return to the support area. Okay, there's a five plus one formation, all right? If, if we I... need you, we know where to find you. All right, now bug it off. Bloody geek. Centipede. Okay, boys, do exactly what we talked about. 
Shoot each centipede from the head down! Do not hit him in the middle or he will split into two! Mr. President? Let, let the nerds take over. What was that, sir? Let the nerds take over! Let the nerds take over! Brenner's right. I am the Wonder Kid.
Son, I'm just a loser who's good at old video games. Thank God for that. The aliens, in defeat of the centipede attack, sent a peaceful alien in return, which is a dog. The aliens are ahead 2-1, to one, so the military has to win two more times to defeat them. Sam is the master at every game, except for one, Donkey Kong, which means the return of his arch-nemesis from childhood, Eddie the Fire Blaster Plant. In 1991 and 2004, in 2005 he was caught hacking cell phone companies and adding one of those fees you see on your bill every month but have no idea what it is. What it is. He made about 50 million before he was convicted and sentenced to 20 years in prison. Gods, get me out of here. It's that mean centipede killer. I hope he don't zap me with his space gun. How are you, Eddie? Sub second place. Oh, and your sidekick here, President I didn't know you can have an approval rating so catastrophic. Okay, look, Eddie, here's what we need. I know what you need. You need the fire blaster. Who's the fire blaster? Me. That's my nickname, Sugar Bones. Oh, yeah, that's right. The one you made up for yourself. Yeah, who cares who made it up? It's totally tubular. Yeah. See, this is why I don't think I can have Brenner on my team. He's just not really a gamer. Break out a bag of quarters, pick a game, I'll destroy you at it. Well, I'll pick a game, all right. Okay. No, 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 no. Hey, 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 come on. Sit down. Okay, in exchange for helping us, I will personally speak to the parole board about reducing your sentence. Pass. Pass? That deal don't work for Eddie Plant. You want the fire blaster's help, he has some demands. Demands? The bifocal blaster is here, by the way. I want an island. God. There are 18,617 named islands that are part of the United States and its territories. Not to mention all the countless unnamed ones, like the soon-to-be-called Edwahi. Hmm. You're not getting an island. Then I want a full pardon. I want to get out of here for good. And after I do, I don't want to pay no taxes, like forever, and no sales tax. If I want to buy some for instance gum, I want to flash me a card that says I saved the world. I don't have to pay no ship balls taxes on the gum. And I want a stealth attack helicopter like they fly over the Super Bowl at my disposal at all times, you know, so I can fly around. If the world's still here, I don't want to deal with traffic no more. And lastly, I want you to set up a romantic rendezvous between me, Serena Williams, and Martha Stewart in the Lincoln bedroom. Number one. You're not getting a helicopter or any sort of flying or driving vehicle. Number two, I'm pretty sure the federal government could do without your income taxes and be fine. And number three, if you help us beat these things, I think we can get you out of here. And the Martha Serena sandwich. Pick one of them, we'll set up a coffee. Serena Williams, and we are closed. Hello. I understand. It's happening tonight. Where? New York City. Oh, forget about it! <laughs> Peter Dinklage is great as the rival, especially with his mullet. For the New York battle, it will be against Pac-Man, 
almost like Godzilla with how he destroys the city. We also get Dennis Akiyama, who portrays the creator of the original Pac-Man, Toru Iwatani. Pac-Man is not bad. I created him to bring joy to all the people of the world. They have brainwashed him. Deeper down, he's kind, gentle. Someone you can tell your troubles to or grab a hamburger with. You'll see. Professor Iwatani, get back in the car. Professor Iwatani, what are you doing? I will talk to him. He's my son. No, that's a bad idea. Hello, my sweet little boy. Look how big you've grown. I'm so proud of you. That's so sweet. He's so sweet. But all these destructive things you're doing, it's wrong. I'm your father. I know. You're a good boy. That was some twisted Pinocchio Geppetto stuff right there. <laughs> yes, Pac-Man bit off Tora's hand. So in their Mini Cooper, Sam, Ludlow, and Eddie attempt to hunt down and destroy Pac-Man. Eddie kills the first Pac-Man. For the second Pac-Man, it eats a power pellet, which gives him 10 seconds to eat the guys without a fight. Ludlow's car gets destroyed, but he escapes on foot in a hilarious chase. Eddie then takes out Pac-Man before Pac-Man gets to Ludlow. For the third and final Pac-Man, Eddie gets too overconfident and crashes into a large water fountain. It's now up to Sam, and he takes out the third Pac-Man by timing the 10-second pellet rule perfectly. The next prize, sent by the aliens after their defeat, is the adorable Qbert. I think I might have found our next trophy. It's Qbert. Yeah, I know, I know. Can I kill it? No. Let's get to know him a little bit, ask him some questions, and then we'll kill him. Most violent game I've ever seen. I don't think it's healthy for you. It's fine, I can handle it. No, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to homeboy. Hey, you know what'll cheer you up? A cheese ball. Yeah. Huh? Come on, suck one up. Take a handful. That was smooth. That was very smooth. <laughs> You know, we should get him some exercise. Maybe throw him on the trampoline for a little bit. Trampoline, trampoline, okay. trampoline. Here, finish these. You're getting chubby. <laughs> Before their next battle, the gang attends a gala for the president. And Eddie does indeed get a date with Serena Williams. You know... Everybody's like Brenner this and Brenner that. But make no mistake, Fireblaster's the leader of this crew. Who's the Fireblaster again? Me, Serena. All right, let me just cut to the chase here. Fireblaster's been in prison for eight years. He hasn't been with a woman since 05. You're in for 
the time of your life. Even think about touching me. I'm gonna smack you through the wall. Mm, I'd have it no other way. Should've gone with Martha Stewart. At least then I'd have a tasty panini cooked for me or some shit. Not to be outdone, Ludlow sings Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears with the party band. However, as it turned out, the Fire Blaster cheated during the Pac-Man battle, and because this was discovered by the aliens, the Earth now loses by default. The destruction will come in 12 hours. So, how did the Fire Blaster actually cheat? And maybe he's been a cheater all along. How will Sam and Ludlow save the planet? You'll just need to watch the final 25 minutes and find out. You can guess the ultimate outcome, but the journey to get there is fun, and plenty of great 80s retro callbacks. And the end credits are really well done. Now look, Pixels isn't for everyone. Now I enjoy it for a few reasons. Again, I grew up in the 80s with Atari and arcade games. I also enjoy almost everything Adam Sandler does, no matter how ridiculous it is. There's no overthinking of his films. He makes movies for pure entertainment and doesn't worry about what the critics think. So you gotta respect him for that. And by the way, if you were wondering, my favorite arcade game growing up was Paperboy. Also, even if you don't like pixels, I highly recommend the documentary The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, which is about video game champion Billy Mitchell. The character that Peter Dinklage plays in Pixels is mostly based on Mitchell. All right, some fun facts. So Jennifer Aniston, who had worked with Adam Sandler often, was the original choice to play Violet, but she had scheduling conflicts and Michelle Monaghan was cast. There was originally a scene where the Great Wall of China was destroyed by the aliens, but afraid that this would offend the Chinese market, it was pulled. Now, I think the studios can learn a thing or two from Top Gun Maverick. Don't change things to appease a market. A good film will shine through critically and financially without kowtowing to outside forces, especially a communist nation, but I digress. So the movie's video game high scores are based on real scores. Sam Brenner's Pac-Man score of 3,333,360 is the highest attainable score for the game, which was first achieved by Billy Mitchell. A higher score is possible on the Namco Pac-Man Anniversary Edition machines. Now Ludlow's Centipede score of 16,389,548 is one point higher than the real-life marathon world record set by Jim Schneider. Eddie Plant's Donkey Kong score of 1,068,100 is 100 points higher than Hank Chen's former world record. Director Chris Columbus said that President Will Cooper was modeled after New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. This was Adam Sandler's last theatrically released film. Netflix has released all of his films since as of the recording of this episode in 2023. So Josh Gad singing Everybody Wants to Rule the World was a last-minute change. He was originally supposed to just interact with the band. So the reason Toru Iwatani plays the arcade repairman is because the original Pac-Man creator did not play himself because he doesn't actually speak English. All right, we have a special guest, Lindsay, who loves the 80s and the pop culture from that decade. But does she actually like this film? You never know what she's going to say. So let's find out, and I'll be back next week to talk about another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, welcome back. We're back with uh, our favorite resident guest, Lindsay. 
Oh, why, thank you. Favorite resident guest. I'll, you'll I'll do take mo- it. You'll do movies nobody else will do. Oh, that's true. I think they get foisted upon me, but here we are. But Not hi, always. everybody. It's Not good always. to be back. You're doing a lot of like older movies, too. So. But I asked for that, and I'm glad I'm getting that opportunity. Okay, so, again, I had a feeling you'd enjoy this movie but find it ridiculous, uh, and that's okay. But I think you actually kind of like Adam Sandler. Yeah, I do. I mean, that's a fair statement. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's be honest. This movie's stupid. However, yeah. however. I know that. Yeah. It was also quite enjoyable. This and is not stupid, like Good Luck Chuck stupid, where I just wanted to throw a brick through a window. Um, this was dumb, but in a very enjoyable kind of fun, some really good lines. It's got 80s bend, and I love 80s-esque movies. And I don't really mind Adam Sandler that much. Most of his films are, are funny to a certain extent, and I enjoy them. And honestly, some of his more like serious films are are really good too Mm -hmm. um they're almost better than some of the funny ones right so i don't know i i do enjoy him well and and this is a fun stupid retro too retro is fun um yeah yeah there, there was one line you really liked when he referenced uh what was it blue lagoon he called a character like you know how adam sandler has these great one-liners yeah. he's in a room and this young blonde haired blue-eyed kids talking he's like yeah whatever blue lagoon and only people of a certain age are going to understand what that means which i absolutely loved and there's a part where Holland Oates. Yeah. Uh, show up and are talking and like one of the generals is like you heard Hall and Oates <laughs> and I thought oh these are just these are really classic good lines so well, so there's dumb stuff but it does make you laugh and you appreciate it and they actually got a, a pretty good cast I mean you they got did Peter Dinklage Brian Cox Sean Bean Jane Krakowski they're all pretty well known oh, actors I mean Peter Dinklage Michelle Monaghan Jane Krakowski I know them all to be even Lainey Kazan to yeah. be like great actor so i i did i guess i had a soft spot for when i heard what this was yeah um and i enjoyed this one i mean it's dumb but you you know it's dumb and Mm -hmm. going in and then appreciate it for what it is and take away some of the funny one-liners and and stuff and and i appreciated it so a kid obviously kids of the 80s would love this as adults i think it was mostly geared towards them but it could steer towards the video game generation of today that that likes some of the retro feel yeah i think people in their 40s and their 50s would be a prime target sure. for this one just because we would have been the young kids and the teenagers at the time that these video games were first hitting the scene right mm-hmm. so we remember when those things came out and many of us had the original gaming systems you know so um so i was surprised to hear that you weren't into arcade games no i like like carny games you know like the bags game and skee ball that's sort of and you know hit those clowns with the heavy balls and stuff i appreciate those things and mostly that's because as a child whenever i was at or around amusement parks I didn't like the rides. They, they made me sick, quite honestly. So I was like, oh, I'll hold everybody's bags while you go on the rides. But what I realized is, well, you don't have to just sit there. You can go play the games, like squirt the clown in the mouth or <laughs> make the horsey go on the track or whatever it is. Throw or the, try to throw the, the ping pong. Or, yeah, or yeah. The, the ping pong in the fishbowl. Yeah. I mean, look. We all know these things are basically like not winnable, but every now and again, you know, you'd 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 get it done. Yeah. So truth be told, like I grew an affinity for mm-hmm. those types of games because I wasn't a ride person. Although I was never really good at video games because like 
the dexterity with those controllers, I just, I didn't really have it. Mm-hmm. So you I think I struggled. No. I mean, I've had them for, you know, a decade now. But it was really hard for me to kind of, you know, be nimble, right, on the controllers. Although I will say this. I had the original Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I had two games that I played fairly regularly. Duck Hunt and the original Super Mario Bros. And I beat Super Mario one time. I did beat it once. That was a really cool day. Um, and I enjoyed playing those. But once it got more complicated than that, mm-hmm. I just wasn't, it wasn't for me. And all the other gaming systems like Sega and, and the other things that came out after it uh, were a bit much. Although, I told you this the yeah, other day. Yeah, what your dad wrote home. My dad, who is not a video game person, was sometimes caught up in... You know, the rapture of like, ooh, a new hot gadget thing came out. Let's get it, even though I don't know what the hell it is. He did it with a VCR. He did it with a microwave. And then he came home with a very little known gaming system called TurboGrafx with an X-16, which many people may not even remember what TurboGrafx-16 was. But my dad loved it, and we ended up with some kind of almost like Street Fighter type game, you know, that he would sit and play in the living room, which was kind of weird, but also cool. But anyway, nobody really had that one. So other than the original Nintendo, that's the only other thing that I mm-hmm. kind of spend any time on. And those, and you only play, by the way, the Duck Hunt dog was in the film, which you like. Oh yeah, a little cameo there, yeah. which was kind of cute. I recognized that. So I I think you enjoyed Qbert more than anyone. Oh, well, he was cute. Yeah. You know, and the whole thing. And I like I like nostalgic things. Yeah. I like a nod back to... And you like the music. The olden days when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I love the music. And I appreciate all of it. So even though I thought, like, you know, the plot is redonk. And, I mean, it's a dumb film. It's also it's adorable like a, yeah. and cute and fun. And, like, nothing I could sit and complain about. I, I actually felt like it was... A nice throwback in a lot of ways, and so I appreciated what it was. I actually thought the the plot is actually pretty creative. When no, you think it about is creative, it. Yeah. and you know, I don't know if I admit it's dumb, but it's, it's still dumb. a creative. But if they plot. made it by, if it was anything other than like an Adam Sandler type oh, film, yeah. and someone tried to make this more seriously, because yeah. you always like to say, if this were made sure. at this time, or if this was made by these people, mm-hmm. yeah, it would probably be. You know, some overblown Michael Bay, everything explodes kind of thing. That's what Transformers is. Yeah. Yeah. But this, this, you know, wasn't that. I can can see where at the time, this came out in 2015. Yeah. So it was eight years ago. Yeah. Um, I could see that it was probably a pretty family, like, friendly film. There was some innuendo, but it wasn't anything worse than apparently Disney does nowadays. And I could (laughs) see you taking your, like, kids to this, and if you're a parent, well, we're not parents, but many people who are our age are parents multiple times over. They could have brought their own kids to this and been like, I played that, I did this. And they like the action of it. So it could have been a little bit of a family Sunday day kind of film. So there was enough, I think, fun retro comedy in it because we laughed like at some of the ones. Yeah, that, it was and, stupid comedy, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, and for the for young kids, I think they would enjoy the action because it's video game action. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a difference between watching one of these and feeling like, oh, this is kind of silly and dumb and blah blah yeah. blah, and then watching like you love to throw good luck chuck at me, yeah. but watching that and just being like, 
on all fronts, this falls so incredibly flat. Like, even the funny isn't funny. It's just dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, here, it's different. So I get a movie like this, mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, I'm totally fine with this one. It was silly and stupid and blah, blah, blah. But I got the enjoyment out of it mm -hmm. because it was strong comedic timing, a good cast. Like, things made sense. In that movie, it was just like flat, flat, yeah. flat. This is not that. This actually has a lot of points of interest in it. If it was on TV and you came in the middle of it and you were just lazy Sunday, you would watch it. I mean, it, it had some funny stuff. Like, it was it was silly. Yeah. It was a silly, lighthearted, fun Sunday afternoon film. Uh, obviously, Rotten Tomatoes hated it. But well, like you said, who cares? Because They hate all the Sandler yeah, movies. So it's... Sandler is someone who, like, creates a strong fan base out mm -hmm. of those who appreciate his comedy. Yeah. Well, he he, go, he harkens back to the original age of movies where you'd go to be entertained. He's not trying to win any awards. He's simply just trying to entertain you, and you have to respect that. So Yeah. I also liked how Kevin James played the president. I and at so. first you're like, is he a candidate? I'm like, no, he's he's the president. Oh, my gosh. It <laughs> but so it was great because it harkened back to, like, you know, uh, when Bush was reading the, uh, the Bush uh, oh, Jr., yeah. Um, made the mistake make, yeah, mispronunciation reading. yeah which that, that was, was that was hilarious because they kept doing that throughout the you know the only sad thing was because she's such a great actor and oh, they underused Krakowski. underused Jane yeah. Krakowski right I mean obviously she got her day in the sun with 30 Rock and plenty of other things that gave her the spotlight and showed her comedic brilliance but mm -hmm. she was kind of underutilized Wasn't I wish she, she had a, she had a lot of good you know one-liner potential in this mm -hmm. right like there were moments where maybe she could have done more and she just didn't get to and i just almost felt like that was like a little bit of a crime and it turns out she wasn't Allie mcbeal which to be honest that was not one of the shows i watched much on television right. but i did watch uh kimmy schmidt and she was in that and that was hilarious yeah so she has such a great Di, you know, discography out there for the, the films, the filmography she's been in there. Well, some of you, you have DVDs. That's a disc. Sure. For you, it would be discography. You nice. have the discs. Good good comeback. It's true. It's what it is. Uh, They're on disc. Do you know what her film debut is? Some fun trivia on the spot. I do not. National Lampoon's Vacation. She's Cousin Eddie's daughter. The oh, one. my God. She the, must have been like a child. She then. was. She was probably like 12 or 13. Oh, my God. Had, well... I wish she did more in this. Yeah. She could have been. She could just a couple one-liners would have been great. Well, again, you, you had Aykroyd played um, had a cameo. Um, they had Dan Patrick and Robert Smith. I mean, really, it was fun seeing. Now, of course, the Serena Williams and, and Martha, Martha Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, that's funny, but it was good. And so, yeah, so it kept entertained. Uh, you would recommend this for people who just want silly comedies, turn off your brain. It wasn't nearly as bad, I think, as people want to make it out. I would agree. It's yeah. not nearly as bad as the 18% that Rotten Tomatoes no. gave it. I mean, I have seen way worse. Yeah. Right? So I wouldn't, I would think that this is, it's silly and lighthearted. It's good for the fam. It's a great nostalgic throwback. Yeah. Um, you'll laugh at a few lines because there's a couple of really intelligent Mm -hmm. It's in here. And Adam Sandler just has a way about him that makes him pretty likable. So mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine this being like a total miss. But you got to go in knowing what you're getting. And if you're any kind of, you know, adult person who knows Adam Sandler, you're going to know what you're getting just because Adam Sandler's in it. Right. Right. But I think it's just the video game culture. I think they thought they would tap into the retro feel of that. Well, and I think that that's coming back. With sure. a vengeance, right? I yeah. mean, as we've seen, everything cycles through. I mean, I walk around now and see 
young kids who are in their like late teens looking like I did in right. the 1990s going, Jesus, I thought that was never going to come back. And now it's like an army of kids who, who look like 95. <laughs> and I did not see that Wearing coming. Wearing Nirvana shirts. And I like did that. not see that coming. That black choker needs to stay dead and buried where <laughs> it belongs. But no, it is back in full effect. It's very, very... Uh, Shocking, disturbing, please go away again. This it is, will. This is the type of the movie in the 80s. It kind of harkens back to the 80s in many ways, where it's just a, a silly comedy. Um, if this didn't do well in the box office, this probably would have done well on video rentals and cable, because you would just yeah. it would have been on all the time. It probably would. I mean, if you're going back to the old model yeah. of how we used to watch stuff and sure. things, which, you know, we don't, you know, we don't go to Captain Video anymore or That's Blockbuster. Right. But that was a time, and... Again, I remember those days fondly. I'm I'm kind of sad that some of the magic of of the things that we did when we were young when some of this stuff was on, uh, we don't do anymore. Things are very immediate and the immediate media gratification, gratification yep. is just such a, a way of life right now. Mm-hmm. That when we were young, especially during these video game eras and such, yeah. we didn't get that. Like, even the cheats, I am sure there were kids who were smart enough to know these cheats and figure it out. You probably had a lot of early Silicon Valley geniuses who were playing these games, no doubt. But a lot of us as kids, just regular people, we had to try to beat the game fair and square. You right. know, it was there was just less immediate gratification. We couldn't go onto an intranet and see what all those cheat codes were and all right. the secrets. It was harder to find that stuff. Well, look, it, it kind of, it harkened back to you, if you wanted to play video games, you literally had to go to a place to play video games because unless you had the at-home system, which, yeah. you know, if you had Atari, that was fine, but Atari didn't have all the games that the arcade had. No. And so it meant something if you were putting in your quarter, you wanted to do as well as possible where you couldn't just reset, as they mentioned in the um, in the film, you couldn't just reset the game when you're at home. No, because so. you had to keep you had to keep trying. Yeah. You had to be only at X number of quarters, right? Yeah. Or like it wasn't a bottomless pit. So you did have to be smart about what you were doing and You valued it more. You valued it. And more. that actually is a great metaphor for how things are in value today, whether it be music or movies or whatnot, because everything's free. So if everything's free, how can you possibly value it? So I think even back then people valued playing a video game more than they do now. I would say that's probably accurate. I mean the way that the availability of things has presented itself through the digital era um it does seem like you could get anything you want for free and 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 it's always there and i have a lot of good friends who are freelancers in the Mm -hmm. in the writing space and photography and videography and um they are constantly having to fight their work being pilfered by whomever and writing cease and desists that they have saved on their computer because people just take stuff like yep. it's theirs now. So I'm sure that wait till AI. Yeah, I mean it's coming. Like yep. it's it's, well, it's here. Yeah, it's not coming. It's here. Yeah. So this is all going to be so interesting as like ChatGPT and all this stuff develops because I wonder how it's going to change stuff like video games and computer games. And yep. I have no idea, but I don't think it's going to be for the better. So enjoy the past. I Embrace the past. We're old, but also like, I don't know, I guess this is how our grandparents felt when they looked back and they're like, everything was better when we were young. Sure. I mean, I kind of say the same thing. You but know? We, we talk about when we're going on a tangent here. You can still, I use technology to enjoy the past, ironically. So yeah. I can listen to things and watch things that I could have never watched 40 years ago because the availability. So it's kind of ironic. I use technology of the future to go back to the past. 
Maybe people will do that. Maybe that's going to become the next trend. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, a lot of people are going retro, even yeah. with fashion. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't they do the same with technology? That's I mean, right. I, and entertainment. Yeah. Maybe we'll move away from social media. Yeah. Well, if you <laughs> if you look how um, what makes money today, it's usually the stars of the past because they're tried and true. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, the good thing you got me watching all these old movies now. Hell yeah, that's what the podcast is for, folks. Damn good movie memories. Who knew when I created this in 2016? That's what I was really doing. I had no idea. Of course, I didn't know you in 2016, so I had no foresight that I would be on this show talking about. We'll this go back kind to the stuff. future. Oh, but you probably already did that one. I did. I'm sure you already did no. that one. No, you didn't? <laughs> no, not yet. Really? I will. Eventually. Oh, I want to do that one. We got 40 years. Oh, God. That's yeah. true. We're going to be at this for a long time. Yeah. I'm going to sound like an old lady by the time we're done with all of these. You don't Because already. I will be. Yeah. Oh, gee, thanks. Yeah. Well, maybe this will be more short-lived than I thought, folks. <laughs> not sure. I got to question it now. Ho, ho, ho. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Pixel Lady. Well, thanks for having me, Brian, and thanks for listening, everybody. If you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video and San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday, and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Captain Video. Video. Video.